Welcome everyone. It's December the 28th. It's Wednesday in this week between Christmas and New Year. Uh, glad to have you here for the Southminster Presbyterian Church Advent Devotional Podcast. I'm Associate Pastor Steve Shum here with Josh. Josh, good to have you here. Hey, how's it going? Josh Sweeney, Director of Children and Youth Ministries here at Southminster. And we've invited Mark Locke back to the house, uh, back around the circle. Back by popular demand, baby. That's right. I, that's right. I, I, the phones I, were ringing. Off the hook, baby. You can't get... The, there's other than Karen, you can never get too much of Mark Locke. That's true. Karen That's true. will disagree with that, but for the most part, you cannot get enough Mark Locke. Yeah. I understand that. Yeah, the volunteers uh, who are answering the phones were just like, they want Mark back. And we were like, all right, well, let's call him. Hopefully, Ryan Holmes will let him, you know, come come out again and do that. And here, here we are. Had so. my, my people contact your people, and we yep. were able to get it worked out for a, a, a good discussion today. Looking forward to it. Well, Mark, uh, you have already introduced yourself. Was there anything in your last introduction um, that you wanted to give a little bit more context to? I think you said you grew up in the kind of the Centerville, Springboro area. I, I did. I grew up in Centerville, uh, was born in Bellbrook, lived there till I was about three, moved to Centerville, uh, lived in the house that my mother still lives in, in Washington Township, um, left for school in Cincinnati, uh, met Karen. Um, and came, that's a University of Cincinnati University, or Xavier? U, I went to University okay. of Cincinnati, okay. uh, graduated in 93 and bought a house in Springboro. And we've lived in Springboro ever since. So 28, 29 years in Springboro. Go Panthers. Uh, go, go Panthers. Uh, raised all three of our kids in Springboro. Um, got one left still in the house. He'll be heading to college in the fall. And then Karen and I will decide if we want to remain Springboro residents or if we're going to spread our wings mm. and go elsewhere. That's still on the table yet. We sure. just have to wait and see. Breaking but news right there. It is. Hey, hot off the press, baby. <laughs> it's not breaking to Karen, is it? Uh, <laughs> this is no. Her, it is, her hearing about it. For the it is time. not breaking to Karen. We, we've we're, we've been blessed to, to not only for me of growing up in Centerville, but living in Springboro and being able to raise our kids. Um, but, you know, we want to spread our wings yeah, possibly yeah. a little bit also. And, sure see a little bit of rest of the country and potentially the world. So we'll just have to wait and see. That'd be good. Yeah. Uh, so Ohio. So you're talking like going to spread your wings and go to Troy. Life or say life or we're going to go out to Xenia. Yeah, maybe. yeah. There you go. <laughs> maybe Toledo. Yeah. Uh, just go Yellow Springs. Just Sandusky. dive straight in. We'll make it happen. All right. Well, thank you so much. Um, again, we couldn't have George Lawson uh, here. So uh, we, we went to the bullpen and pulled out our ace. Um, to come in for relief for George. Uh, again, if you could start with the Matthew 18, one through two um, scripture, and then just go right into the reflection. Absolutely, Josh. Thanks again. Like I said, at that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? He called a little child to him and placed the child among them. That's from Matthew 18, verses one through two. The reflection is life in a military family based abroad is a unique experience. During my high school years, I lived outside of London and attended a Department of Defense school as a weekly resident student. What I remember most about this time is the closeness of the students and their families and how we bonded together to support one another. Central to the relationships was the role of the chaplains on base. The Protestant chaplain embraced people of all denominations 
as well as Catholics and non-believers. Services were ecumenical and welcoming of all, and pastoral care was given freely. I particularly remember the annual Christmas pageant and how warm and loved it made me feel in this temporary homeland. Yeah, I love I love uh, uh, George's uh, memory here of Christmas. I've talked some. George has an interesting background, and uh, if you ever can can uh, sit down and visit with him and get him started on some of his stories, he's got some some pretty good ones. I like this memory of of being in a Department of Defense school as a a, a military brat following his dad around, um, and. and his sense of uh, inclusion and welcome that was modeled by the chaplain there. This is a nice uh, uh, Christmas in London memory. Yeah, yeah, I like um, I like how he he welcomed the inclusiveness of the Protestant chaplain. You know, within Catholics and non-believers, and and I would have to think um, my knowledge on this is where I wish Anna was here because she lived in Northern Ireland. Um, for a year as a young adult volunteer. And so she got really familiar with the troubles and, you know, mm. kind of what happened there within Protestant Catholic and, you know, how it was more than just faith. And then, you know, there were some kind of other things going on, but I would think that that may have been going on. I'm not sure um, George's years that, that he lived here, you know, kind of in the UK and yeah. what was happening um, at that time. But I would think that that would, had to be a part of yeah. what was going on and to see this chaplain kind of, rise above the um, bigotry, I guess we could say, mm-hmm. of, of what was happening and, and realizing that the uh, communion table is is larger yeah. than, than who we are. Mark, what did you think? Uh, George's, uh, this memory from George, Christmas abroad. Yeah, I, I think it's interesting. And I've, I, like you guys have said, I've talked with George. He does have a bunch of great stories. And um, the thing I take from that is, you know, being – being in a foreign land, being away from, you know, what you're accustomed to. And in this particular chaplain, truly embracing what I feel is God's purpose and message is to love all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I think this chaplain embraced that. And I think that goes a long way um, in um, solidifying truly what, God's purpose and his love is. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly what, in my personal opinion, I think that's what George is kind of saying there. And, and it was so impressed on him that he wrote about it. And I think that has served George his entire life because uh, both he and his wife, Marge, I mean, are some of the most accepting people Mm -hmm. I've ever met in my life. And I've met some pretty accepting people. They are just so compassionate and caring and very accepting of, of anyone that they come across. Yeah, which for those who are following along in the book or the the, uh, digital version that we send out with our constant contact in the morning, each morning, uh, George, after his reflection, has this response, just kind of a challenge that grows out of what you've seen, Mark, him model in in his life. Right. And and the response, the question that he poses for all of us to uh, wrestle with somewhat is, is uh, am I open to welcoming all to Southminster, which, of course, uh, the initial kind of knee-jerk reaction is yes, right? Until we stop and maybe think about it a little and and uh, uh, question whether that is, in fact, true, uh, 
how how wide are our arms open for everyone who who comes mm-hmm. in the door here? I, I like that George sets that ideal there because I think at heart, I think uh, God's example uh, is uh, one of loving everyone through through uh, Christ, who was born at Christmas and then uh, models that kind of well radical hospitality. Um, but how do we do uh, measuring up with that? Yeah, I, I think it goes back to the verse, you know, a little <clears throat> bit of what George chose, because I, w- I would think that we didn't assign this verse and it doesn't look like it came from um, the scripture that, that goes along the Psalm 148, Proverbs 8, 22 through 31, and then 1 John 5, 1 through 12. And so George chose Matthew 18, 1 through 2, which is, you know, he called a little child to come and place the child among them. Oh, sorry. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And he called a little child to him and he placed the child among them. And so, you know, we see who to some extent is the greatest in heaven, you know, and then when it comes time for the church to respond, you know, do, do the children kind of get into the input does their input, you know, kind of play a factor? And I, and I would say, yes, at Southminster, you know, we are working that way. You know, we saw with the blessing of the backpack service and, you know, there's talk of, you know, kind of us putting a prayer ground in for the kids and things like that, you know, across the way. So, yeah, I would say Southminster is open and welcoming um, to all. How do you uh, receive that, Mark? Yeah, no, I, I, I would agree with that. I think that's one of the things that, you know, is sometimes difficult to do, whether you're in church or uh, in an office setting or at the grocery store. There's certainly uh, folks out there, like I said, whether you're at church or at the grocery or at work, that have different ideals, different thoughts, different opinions. And um, that can create, you know, divide amongst people. And you, mm-hmm. you kind of, I don't know if it's it's human nature or your first reaction would be like, well, I can't believe that, that person. But I I was brought up and I firmly believe that we're all God's children, Mm -hmm. equally all God's children. And I think because of that, if you're truly, you know, following in the footsteps of Christ, that, that we need to strive to be more open and willing to accept everyone truly as God's children. And I struggle with that because I, I can be judgmental and I'll catch myself saying, eh, you know, maybe they're having a bad day or maybe they, don't you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. And I think this, this reflection fits so well within the week's theme. So when we started this with Advent, um, help me out, Steve, it's yep. hope, love, joy, joy, and we have service and faith. Well, we have service oh, yeah, and love. faith that we added, but yeah. love, I don't know if we said hope, love. peace, hope, peace, peace. Yeah. Hope, love, peace, joy, hope, love, joy. And so those are the first four weeks of um advent and so that was easy and then once christian had decided hey let's do two more weeks let's go all the way to epiphany but what do we want to add and we kind of kicked it around we said you know what are kind of the two big things and so for me what i've noticed in three years is service is a huge part of southminster's identity and i can't remember who it was around the circle you know kind of through faith out there as well and and this kind of plays a hand into it and a little bit what you were saying mark where you know a, a very simplistic version of faith is, is belief in a thing that you cannot see. Right. And so 
you know, that we have these things that we cannot see within that judgment piece that kind of comes within that welcoming piece that can't come, but we can see the fruition of that. We can see, you know, kind of what it comes to be and how we act and how we respond to things. And I think, um, Southminster does try to do that as as best and as well as that they can. Um, and so that's, that's what I see whenever we, we, we think about this as a macro, you know, kind of way of looking at the church. But then for me personally, um, you know, there, there's some things where I would talk about with, uh, friends of mine, especially coming out of seminary where, um, there are rooms that I can go into that not a lot of people can. Yeah. And so, you know, of someone that may be, uh, part of the LGBTQ AI plus community. Um, they may be a person of color. They may be a female. They may be these different things, but for me, I can pretty much go into any circle and, and, and a lot within, you know, kind of some of my friends back when I was in Georgia, um, you know, that I could work with and that I could talk to that maybe were just so closed minded, so closed off to the idea of an open, welcoming and inclusive community. And so that's where I kind of, you know, would talk to friends of mine and, you know, other classmates of like, Hey, we can go into these spaces that others can't, and we can, we can say things that could help move this along. And so that's what I think, um, I'm also picking up from what kind of George is saying from my personal experience. There's a balance that exists in here between the ideal, which is is what George is celebrating the ideal, which is sort of a, 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 unrestricted, unfettered uh, uh, inclusion and unfettered welcome. And then some sense of shared uh, standard or agreed upon practices, right? Uh, I, I knew a, a fellow pastor, his church in the same town I was in, it was called Welcome In. And they, they, were, built, they were kind of founded in the, the 70s on this notion of, of radical inclusion. Anybody uh, could come. They had a, a, a seniors uh, ministry and also a um, uh, a lunch program, uh, and they did. They had a lot of uh, folks had, who had a lot of need who were a part of that church, and that was great. They said at the beginning, we want all these people, but he talked about it being a struggle then. If you had somebody, if you're going to include everybody, but you have somebody who, who makes everything about them and their need all the time, that makes it hard to be in community uh, uh, with them. So I think I am glad that God models this inclusion uh, and trust that at some point in the fullness of God's kingdom, we will find a way to uh, actually live into that inclusion. I think in the meantime, we try, right? That's what you were saying, Mark, right? That this, this is your sense of what it means to be church, right? Is that we right. uh, open the doors and, and, and welcome everyone, but yet how do we actually make that happen? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it, that's ex- exactly kind of was my, my sentiment in the fact that, you know, ultimately what, the plan or the way it should be. And it's, 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 it is a challenge at times if I'm being totally honest with myself, but I catch myself when I do it a little bit more and Mm -hmm. say, Hey, you know, you don't know this particular person, you don't know their, their, their situation where they are. And, and because, you know, my, my life has been pretty predictable and pretty Mm -hmm. planned out um, and haven't been challenged like, like others, you you just never know. And, and and that's kind of where I was coming from. Well, and in George's reflection, he doesn't say I'm there. 
What yeah. he says is, thanks for this model, this chaplain that he knew when he was a kid. Although you've said, Mark, you've seen in Marge and George some of that model. And so I think just as George lifts up and gives thanks for the model that he had seen, we can say the same for George and Marge. Thanks. Right. Thanks for giving us people like this to show us. I've, I've got my bracelet. And yeah, like, yeah. What what would George, WWGD, what would <laughs> yeah. George do? Yeah, there you go. I got my brace. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have them for everyone uh, here in the next couple of weeks. I like that. Yeah. Well, in, in, in your bit, Mark, reminded me of a David uh, Foster Wallace graduation speech. Uh, I think it was 2005 at, at Kenyon College. And, and so here's a little excerpt of it. And it's, and it's about that default setting and about how we need to change our default setting of our mm, mind right. and, and, and kind of what comes through it and, and how what we choose to do is kind of what it, what it says. And so this is, so he, he gives this kind of long spiel about, you know, how people are frustrating us and how, um, and, and what to kind of how to respond to that. So this is what he writes. If I choose to think this way in a store and on a freeway line, lots of us do, except thinking this way tends to be easy and automatic that it doesn't have to be a choice. It is my natural default setting. It's the automatic way that I experience the boring, frustrating, crowded parts of adult life when I'm operating on the automatic, unconscious belief that I am the center of the world and that my immediate needs and feelings are what should determine the world's priorities. And so changing that default setting and figuring out kind of, you know, we, we throw around a lot of like, don't uh, Paul's words of like, don't uh, be a part of the world. Don't conform to the world. Yeah, yeah. And I think for me, it's more of like, don't be a part of the world's default setting right to where you yeah. are the center of it, that it is all about you. And that's where I think we see, you know, the disciples coming in, coming back to this Matthew 18, where like, I, I think that, you know, if they were teenage boys, if they were kind of the age that we think they were, you know, 20, you know, working their brains out, they think that they're the center of it all. And it's like, and they've been following, you know, two, two and a half, three years. Like, hey, we've dedicated, we have grinded, yeah, yeah. we have chopped the wood on following you. We've slept outside. We've, you know, we've gone through these crowds and now. And then he brings a kid up. You're going to bring a kid? <laughs> Are you kidding me? You know, exactly. And, and I think that there's something within there, that, you know, that's not this wide old, wise old sage. It's not someone that has, you know, it's not a priest. It's not um, a Levite. It's not, you know, someone of social status or, or of stature who is given, you know, blood, sweat and tears to it. It's like, here's a potential, right. here's the potential of what the greatest of the kingdom can be and, and what the kingdom looks like. And I think that that's pretty neat. Yeah. Um, especially, you know, kind of as we center around Christmas and, yeah. you know, gift giving and, you know, kind of what that all symbolizes. Yeah. I agree. Mark, thanks for coming and sitting down with us uh, and talking today. No problem. Now, by a strange uh, uh, quirk of chance, today's reflection is from George, who's sharing about being a student in a Department of Defense uh, school. Tomorrow, if you join us and listen, Joanne Yost is going to come and sit and, and chat with with, uh, with me, and uh, Gay Amos is going to come in and sit with us as well, and she's going to share about being a teacher in a Department of Defense school. Oh, okay, nice. Uh, it just happened to that those fell back to back. So join us tomorrow for that. We're going to close today uh, 
expanding on the prayer that that George has included with his reflection for today. Uh, So George begins, Dear God, thank you for the support of Christians around me. Uh, And then I will add, Lord, we thank you for all those who who model the Christian life for us, who show us uh, the ideal that we are called to, uh, a level of uh, love and inclusion and embrace that that we sometimes struggle with us. We thank you, Lord, that you have embraced us and included Included us, uh, and ask you to be with us as we try and include others as well. Be with us, continue to be with us through this holiday uh, season as we look to uh, Epiphany and the New Year uh, and all that you uh, call us to and all that you hold uh, in our future. Be with us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks again, guys. Thank you.